This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by an absolutely remarkable leader. We're joined today by Sean Smith. Sean's got one of the most interesting roles in healthcare. He's the chief people officer, and I think the chief culture officer at New York Presbyterian. New York Presbyterian, of course, is one of the leading health systems, always a top five system in the, in the, in the, in the country, a magnificent health system, Cornell, Columbia, part of New York Presbyterian, and more. Sean, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your career, and then we'll talk about your role and the big priorities in it. Sure, Scott. And first, just thank you for having me on with you this morning. Uh, my role, um, which I'm very excited about, is uh, particularly the people and culture part of it, um, is, I think, one of the most critical roles uh, that an organization can really have right now. People are fundamentally most important. They matter. And it's important for an organization to spend time really thinking about all the facets of people and how to engage people. My career uh, over the last few years was really spanned uh, in working for three magnificent healthcare organizations as I've grown within the field of human resources. And I've really uh, transcended to the point of really how do we think that people and people and organizations really mesh together to be able to create something great. The fundamental here is that in healthcare particularly, when we think about patient care, it is our teammates who actually are out there, who are actually ensuring that not only are we providing great patient care, but also that we're providing connecting care to our patients. And talk about this issue of connecting care, because it seems like in this very overcrowded world, this very complicated world, this concept of connecting and, and, and making sure people feel taken care of has become almost a superpower in business and mm -hmm. in the world. Can you talk mm -hmm. about that? Because you mentioned the world of connecting care. And obviously, that's different than the very best surgeon or the very best oncologist, which, of course, are so, so important as well, our table stakes. But talk about this mm -hmm. concept of connectivity with people, officer, and, and people and culture and patient experience. Absolutely. Look, while my role focuses mostly on our teams who support our patients, you know, the universal part of this is really where people are today. We just went through three years of a crisis in all of our lives. And for each one of us, I think everyone has a story about what COVID might have meant to them, their families. Overall, it was a pandemic that was really about solitude in many instances. But the notion of the core of people is really that where people need to connect with other people. People need to feel and experience a sense of care and love, and I use love deliberately, around how they're going to show up at their most critical time in their life. When there's a healthcare or health crisis, it's not asked for, it's not a choice in most instances. And it's important for teams to recognize that, recognize that our teams are, uh, may also even themselves have challenges that they're facing personally. And so when a patient shows up or when a team member shows up to work, it's important for us to think about the human factor associated with that. So I think connectedness is really more important now post-pandemic because that's part of the healing that we have to do now to get beyond the pandemic. 
But again, from a patient care perspective or a consumer perspective, ensuring that it's not all about the needle stick, the blood draws, those things that people, of course, have to experience, but that overall, there's a sense of trust and comfort and, to a great extent, a very positive attitude around healing. This our teams do very well, Scott. Thank you. And talk about how do you sort of cascade a great culture throughout an organization so that the organization lives and breathes it? I mean, as a chief people officer, chief culture officer, obviously you could say the right things, but you're in a massive and a great organization. How do you try and make sure that that attitude, that connectivity, that Mm -hmm. extra step towards intimacy and people and love cascades throughout an organization, becomes pervasive in an organization? Absolutely. Now, Scott, I'm not sure which is the, 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 uh, the right side of the coin here. Is it you start with your cultural pieces first or you're starting with the work with your teammates? But what I will say to you is um, what has really served us very well is the strength of our culture. And uh, you know this, culture eats strategy for lunch. So it's important to focus on the fundamental behaviors together and the togetherness that's going to allow us to jointly be successful. And that is really, when I think about culture, it's really about that. How do we behave? What's the set of agreements that we have? Who did we hire? Did we hire uh, you know, the best of the best, which I think we have? Have we spent the time uh, to ensure that we're hearing and listening to our teams and allowing them to be part of shaping the culture within an organization, which is a really critical part. But I find that in healthcare, which we're very fortunate for, is that healthcare professionals are attracted to this field because of their commitment to purpose. It's a higher level calling. Um, And that, I think, allows us to really, from the, the, the point of cultural balance, to really accent what we're focused on in and around the patient. Our teams want to simply know that that patient is going to be well when they leave the hospital. And our teams get the notion that comprehensively, in order to care for someone, you also need to care for their physical and their emotional needs as well by providing empathy. For us on our journey, what we did, and I'm going back now to 2015, is that we stepped back, listened to our teams, really experienced tremendous dialogue in various levels through our engagement program and walked away from that thinking we really needed to create a respect credo, which really guides us in how we behave as an organization and the agreements that we have with each other. Now, that sounds like utopia. It requires a lot of work uh, in and around all of that, but it was really a great way to center the organization in and around what are the agreements about our behavior? And respect really stood out. Respect stands out now that people want to be respected. You know, I'm sure, as we look at what's happening across the world, people are in spaces of anger, grief, uh, optimism, uh, various stages as we look towards the future. And it's important to tap into that, to acknowledge it and ensure that our teams are really seen. So as we think about the respect credo, we also think about how do we listen through our engagement surveys? How do we act as a result of what people are telling us? 
how do we create an environment that people feel really was built for them? And today, and I'll talk a little bit more about this with you, we're very, very focused around how you create a sense of belonging, which is a harder journey in and around diversity inclusion um, that, in fact, I think we've done all of the great work around diversity. We've got a very diverse team, a very diverse team that's allowed to be part of what we're creating here at New York Presbyterian, but it's a very inclusive team. And I like to think about inclusion as just being invited to the dance and the notion that when you feel like you belong, you are participating in choosing that song um, or you like the song that's being played. So it, it really takes a village to do this, especially at scale. It starts with our leaders. It ensures that we don't forget our teams, that we see them, that we're listening to them, that we're incorporating the things that are most important, particularly when you have 45,000 people as we do. But it's important then from an organization perspective to have standards that we believe in and that we're going to stand for. Thank you. And, and talk about your love for the work that you do in trying to improve the culture and take care of the people at such a great organization. Can you take a moment about your love and passion for what you do? Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for that, Scott. It's making me smile. I'm passionate about what I do. And it, it, it sounds cliche to say you love people, but I've had choices in my career to go in very different directions and have always decided that I want to be in a profession that's really allowing me to support people in becoming the best that they can be and in supporting organizations to be the best that it can be through people. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely very passionate. I'm passionate about the work that we're doing with culture. I'm passionate when I see our team members on the front line. I love to walk around and hear their stories. And it actually fuels me and excites me about what we're doing here at New York Presbyterian. But the other thing that I really love about my job is that years ago I left uh, the for-profit arenas because I wanted to work in an environment where I felt I was doing something good. And that that feeling within healthcare is an everlasting one that when I go home at night, I know that the work that I did fueled someone to be able to do their best, which cares for a patient. It doesn't get more simple than that. Uh, seeing people thrive, watching people really advance their careers forward, changing their lives. There have been stories throughout my careers that has really kept me going in and around the notion that my work and my team's work really truly does matter, as do the leaders across our org. Thank you. And, and, and one more question, Sean. What are you most focused on and excited about this year? Right. The big thing I'm excited about is getting beyond the pandemic. And it informs a lot of things that we're doing overall. As we think about our work, uh, I'll go back to passion for a moment, that while we're focusing on enhancing well-being programs, while we're thinking about recruiting really rapidly to fill our vacancies, I'm reminded that our teams on a whole, and I'm truly excited about this, that we can and are developing career pathways that could change people's lives. I'm a strong believer that in building pipelines, it's a big 
response to some of what we've all talked about in the human capital field, which is uh, the resignation, or some people say great resignations, which is a term that I really hate. I liken it to people really moving towards their passion, realizing those passions. And the greatest gift is to be able to allow someone to live the life that they want. So we're thinking a lot about micro-learning programs that we've rolled out, creating career pathways that would allow many of our teams, for example, our support services team, to choose to go on a nursing path, on a path towards radiology, maybe even in other parts of the organization, facilities and otherwise, so that they know what's expected of them. We've partnered with uh, organizations on the outside, uh, particularly the CEO Jobs Council, to create 100,000 jobs in New York. We created a partnership with IONA. It's now the uh, NYP IONA School of Health Sciences to really be able to allow us to really drive some of the learning that needs to take place to do this. But we've got a big, audacious goal. It's 60% internal job fill. It'll be a journey. But that is exciting to me because my career was really a product of mentors who ensured that I knew what my next step ought to be. I had great guides and I had the benefit of tuition assistance that allowed me to go to school. We wanna really make sure we're amplifying that and amplifying that through partners. The other thing I'm excited about, and you've heard me talk a little bit about this, is really moving towards a culture of belonging. Really that our teammates would thrive and, and, and have that sense of belonging, which transcends I think the work on diversity and inclusion is necessary fundamentals, but we want our teams to feel part of this organization, that their voice actively is a part of everything that we do, and that in fact, people can truly be their authentic selves. And we've done some great work there. I'm really proud of the team's work uh, in and around that. We are Scott, really at this point, really saying to our teams and our new approach, our new brand with our teams, together we will, together we have, uh, together we will. And that optimism is truly one that I believe that as we go through 2023, not only will we continue to recover, but that in 2024, hopefully we're at the next normal. We, NYP, have hired over 7,600 people last year. Uh, our turnover is really starting to decrease. Some of those elements are indicators of how we're doing. And I'm excited that we can start moving forward in resettling our lives and really focusing on the patient. Sean, I, I want to thank you for joining us today. It's such a critical role you play. Probably nothing more important than organizations. Also, as you talk about sort of the old adage, culture beats strategy. And, and, and people and the right teammates, the right people, the right teammates, the right culture, you can really attack almost any strategy, but you got to have the right people, the right teammates, and the right culture for that. And, and thank you for your leadership here. Just phenomenal. Again, Sean Smith, thank you again so much for joining us on the Vectors Healthcare Podcast. What a pleasure to visit with you, and always a pleasure to visit with New York Presbyterian. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be with you too, Scott. Thank you.